0: Great. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, well, it's great to be with you this morning. Um, um, yeah, My name's Grace. I'm part of the leadership team here, and I've been in Oxford for um, quite a while. I was a student and then um, stayed on one year at a time until it was now. Um, <laughs> and um, I'm excited to be speaking to give them the last talk on Old Testament heroes or heroines today. Um, and I really appreciated how the speakers over the last few weeks have given just um, a fresh insight into the lives of these people and um, how they followed God, and um, what we can learn from them for today. I have to confess, I've missed a few. There's, um, there's a few that I want to catch up on because um, I was away. They are online, it's true. Um, I went to visit some of my family on the Vietnamese side who live in America. Um, and then I've also been to see Katie um, some of you will remember her um, Katie McCraw was um, here a few years ago and um, she and I met when we did the training internship program at ACC after uni and after a few years she then went to Bosnia-Herzegovina uh, to work with a charity there working with young people, working with the local church there and it's been six years now and she's um, just, it's just an amazing thing to see how she's got stuck in and um, The work that she's involved with there, Um, it's not an easy place to be a Christian, um, just with the the recent history of the war in the 90s, um, and also within Sarajevo, it's it's 90% Muslim, so to be a Christian and be in the minority there um, isn't easy, but um, they're seeing amazing stuff happen by God's grace, and if you want to find out more, come and chat to me afterwards. Today, our focus is on the book of Esther, and I love it because it's a dramatic rescue story. I think there's also always something really powerful about rescue stories, um, of how, particularly in the Bible, where God protects and delivers people um, out of danger. Um, And even in everyday life, I think rescue stories capture our imagination as well. I think I'm sure I wasn't the only one who was just really caught up in the story of the, the football team in Thailand, the young boys who were um, trapped in the cave um, after they got stuck there and the rains came. And, um, yeah, I was just watching the rescue by the divers and the teams who worked tirelessly around the clock to set them free, risking their lives um, and to make that happen. So the story of Esther and Mordecai. Um, We home in on the story of the Jewish people in Persia around 470 BC. Her story is perhaps familiar to many of us, but I'll give a quick recap. Um, I'm not going to manage to... I'm going to miss some of the details out, but you can go and read it afterwards for yourself. So it starts in the royal courts of Persia um, with the downfall of Queen Vashti, Um, she refuses to obey an order from King Xerxes. And so he banishes her and decides to search for a new queen instead. And so he gathers all of the beautiful young women in the empire together, and amongst them is Esther, um, a young Jewish woman. And he chooses her to become his queen. Esther has an older relative, Mordecai, and he's her guardian. He becomes a government official, and one day he succeeds in saving the king's life. um, He manages to um, overturn an assassination plot against the king. The next character we meet is um, a fairly nasty guy called Haman. He is second in command in the empire, pretty powerful. Um, And when Mordecai refuses to bow down to worship him, um, he's infuriated and decides not only to kill Mordecai, but to kill all of the Jews across the kingdom. And he manages to trick the king into issuing an edict, a royal decree that condemns all Jews to death throughout Persia. Mordecai goes to tell Queen Esther about this um, and to ask for her help. And we'll come back to that conversation a bit later. She agrees to help. Um, And she asks Mordecai to get all of the Jews to pray and to fast for three days and nights. After that, she then um, goes to see King Xerxes, and um, she invites King Xerxes and Haman to a banquet. And at that feast, the king um, asks Esther what she really wants, and he promises to give her whatever she asks She's pretty canny, and so she asks, she delays, and she asks them both to a second banquet the next day. In the meantime, Haman is still um, plotting away, and he prepares um, to, um, to hang Mordecai. That night, the king can't sleep and does what many us do, try and read something that might send you to sleep, and he decides to read the records in the archives. And he turns to the exact page which records the plot which Mordecai foils. He's amazed and he asks his advisors, Ah, did anyone thank or honour Mordecai for this? And he summons Haman um, to him and asks, How do you think a hero should be thanked and honoured? Haman thinks, well, the king must be talking about me, so he suggests a pretty lavish public celebration and then is horrified to find out that actually he must now take Mordecai on the king's horse around the whole city in shouting praises to Mordecai. So he goes home pretty humiliated. During the second banquet, the king asks Esther, what is it that you desire? So she's, she's definitely got a hold on him. Um, and she says that someone has planned to destroy her and her people, and then points the finger at Haman. The king is furious um, and sentences Haman to death. And that's sort of the climax of the story. The decree still exists, though, and it can't be revoked to kill all of the Jews. And so, what Esther does is she wins the right for the Jews to defend themselves against their enemies on the day of attack. And when that day comes, the Jews successfully defend themselves um, and destroy their enemies. And so the book of Esther ends with the Feast of Purim, which is established to, um, for the Jews to remember this occasion when they were delivered from danger. So that's the whistle-stop tour of the book of Esther. Um, but what's the overall message? Why was this book written? Well, it's an example of God's salvation of the Jewish people in a foreign land, an example of how he delivered them from their enemies, and we have lots of examples of this through the, through the Bible. This one's a bit different. There aren't so many um, miraculous or seemingly supernatural events, um, like crossing the Dead Sea, but there are still clear pointers to God's presence and sovereignty over the situation. And it focuses on two things that we can also learn from. First, God's guidance and care for his people. We sometimes use the word providence for this. And second, the courageous action by Esther and Mordecai. So God's guidance and care and also the courageous action um, by the people in the story. And these two things together bring God's deliverance for the Jews. So what can we learn from this story for today then? Well, a first fairly clear point is that we should stand against racial hatred and division wherever we see it and wherever we have opportunity to. Um, It sounds obvious, but um, just one look at social media or the newspapers reminds us that actually um, it's still very present in the world we live in. I was thinking about how we could apply this in our day-to-day lives and um, I was thinking just even probably in some of the jokes that can get told or even in Sort of certain settings, actually. Maybe just being able to say, actually, that joke is not okay. is maybe one way to make that stand. Secondly, um, God guides us and cares for us, even in some really difficult circumstances. Where is God in the story of Esther? He's a bit hidden in this story that his presence is evident throughout. There are just too many extraordinary coincidences and remarkable and unlikely circumstances and, and complete reversals of situations. And so the narrator is making it clear that God is there. There are a couple of indirect references. Um, Esther calls the three days of fasting and prayer, which is obviously about seeking God's help. And Mordecai is confident that even if Esther doesn't help and doesn't go to see the king, that deliverance will come for God's people. And there are also specific divine interventions as well. For example, when King Xerxes can't sleep on that particular night and turns to that particular page about Mordecai. For us, there might be times when we question certain circumstances in our lives But ultimately, God's in control. He's the one who will guide us through the circumstances in our lives, and we can trust him to protect and to provide. And knowing he's in control can help us just from swirling downwards into despair um, or hopelessness, but instead find that God is actually present with us. As I was preparing, I felt that there would be some people here today who just really needed to hear that. Maybe you're asking, God, where are you right now? And I think he wants you to know that he is with you, and even though there might be those circumstances that you're asking him about, he is with you. The second point is that God helps us to act with integrity and courage. And so because god is in control all the time um, we can take courage so let's just look a bit closer at the key conversation between esther and mordecai he asks her to go to speak to the king to beg for his favor and to plead with him on behalf of her people and she replies all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law, to be put to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter so that he may live. But as for me, I have not been called to come into the king these 30 days." So yes, she hesitates. She doesn't think she's going to survive. She doesn't think there's much point doing it. She's not going to succeed. She has a moment, and I think we, we all have those moments when we're thinking, ah, okay. Um, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, we've all been there, and there's a moment of decision. Will, will I hold my nerve and go for it or not? Um, Mordecai replies to her, don't think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And at that point, something shifts in her. She steps up and she takes command of the situation and she calls on the Jewish people to fast and to pray for the three days. And she says, Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf. Do you not eat or drink for three, di- three days, night or day? Then I'll go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I die, I die. It's pretty powerful. If I die, I die. And actually that statement isn't one of being resigned to your fate, but actually it's It's courage it's determination she's willing to put her own life at risk in order to save her people and so she was able to rise to the challenge at just the right time um, and to resist the temptation to feel helpless or powerless Um, but that courage came from god he he gave that to her in the moment to be able to follow through my last point is about God's plan and destiny Mordecai says to Esther who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this there was purpose in Esther becoming queen and she was placed in that position even before the danger arose Um, she had influence and there was favor on her life not just for her but for a bigger purpose so that she could help to save her people and the story of Esther has significance and purpose in the big picture um, of God's work in history. That God has protected the Jewish people as part of his promise to protect and preserve Abraham's descendant and his offspring, that's Jesus, in order to bring blessing to all the families of the earth. So we can be thankful that God's, um, for God's grace in saving his people in this story, but again and again, and how that's been part of him bringing each of us and inviting each of us into his family. And so the story of Esther is also part of our story. For such a time as this, Esther was in a position of influence in the royal courts. But how about us? Where do you have influence? Where maybe has God put you where you can be a blessing to others and to serve his purposes? And it might not be evident yet. Maybe you've recently changed job or location or position. Um, maybe God's got purposes for you beyond what you thought this was all about. I just want to say, let God surprise you. Look out for it. Be, be willing for what he might have for you in this season. And for such a time as this is also a reminder for us to be open to God's purposes for us in the day-to-day as well. His Holy Spirit is at work in us to lead us to people um, at just the right time and um, to give to be able to offer encouragement and hope um, and words of life um, and that's one of the joys of just learning to walk with God is being able to recognize that nudge of his Holy Spirit and have that unexpected conversation um, which as you look back you realize it's got God's fingerprints all over it. Um, I remember going out um, when we did the turning outreach last year and speaking to people um, around Oxford and going up to, uh, there's a girl sitting in Bond Square um, and it just felt like God wanted to encourage her particularly and just saying, you know, God loves you and has an amazing plan for your life. And we had this conversation and she said, why did you choose me out of all the people here? Because um, she really needed to hear that that day. Um, I, just felt, I just felt that God wanted you to know that, and I, was, I wanted to share that, and it just really meant a lot to her. Um, if you want to hear more stories or more to be encouraged by that, I want to just say, go and speak to Ree over there. I am going to embarrass you. Um, Ree is one of those people who constantly inspires and encourages me with how um, God um, has, gives her the courage to share words of encouragement and knowledge with people, um, strangers, colleagues. Um, and how God's really used that amazingly. So, you think she's quiet? No, she isn't. (laughs) So, we all want purposeful, meaningful lives. But are we willing to let God define what that purpose might be? Are we willing to trust his plans and his destiny for us, both in now and in the future? So just to summarize three things then. First, God is guiding and caring for us, even when we can't see him, even when he's hidden. Second, for such a time as this, God is the one who gives our lives destiny and purpose. Will we seek his purposes for us? Will we say, not my will, but yours? Will we trust and surrender to him in the day-to-day, as well as the big decisions? And said, God gives us courage when we need it. And so my prayer is that we would grow in courage, um, wherever we need it, to meet the demands of the reality we find ourselves in. And I don't think it's a case of thinking, oh, I'm not very courageous, I am very courageous. But I think it's something which God wants us all to receive more of and to grow in. Um, and I don't know what your reality is, what you're facing, whether there, are, there is pain or sorrow or loneliness or hard questions for you right now. Um, but whatever it is, God can and will give you the courage to face it. And it's courage that's more than bravado. And it's not in the absence of any fear, that it's, it's receiving something from him. But it also does mean saying yes to him. Um, and I, I really feel that this is something that God wants from us today, a yes to him. Whether it's um, saying yes again, or maybe kind of for some people here today, it'll be a deeper yes. It's a yes, which is counting the cost like Esther did, but saying yes to him again. And the Holy Spirit helps us to do this. Um, I'm grateful for what Keith prayed out earlier, because as we have revelation of who God is, that he is a good father, Um, that helps us, our response is just to say, yes, I trust you. So I think the question, well, another question that that God is saying to us today is, is, will you say yes to me? And it's an invitation, and I think he's saying it gently, but saying, will you say yes to me? Will you trust me? I talked about rescue stories, but we're living the best rescue story that God has saved us, saved us for a life with him, a life in abundance now and in the future. And so, um, yeah, I just want to echo what John said. I would pray that God would set us free, move us forwards, and just give us fresh faith and fresh courage today. Amen.